Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Join together once again in our Bibles. If you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 4, once again, Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, as you turn your way to Ephesians chapter 4, let's join together in prayer and ask God uh, to bless our time together. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise You and thank You so much for uh, the privilege of being in Your house, of of coming together as a a family of God, of of hearing Your Word and uh, allowing Your Word to to work and move in our lives. And Lord, we thank You that that You have uh, such long-suffering grace uh, shown towards us that we would uh, be able to continue to struggle in our life and continue to to strive to to be more like Christ and and to continue to to struggle to grow and lean upon you and trust in you and depend upon you and to allow you to change us and mold us and make us and and father God all the way through you continue to have your forgiveness your love and your grace and your mercy that allows us as we stumble along to continue to be uh, picked back up by your uh, loving uh, hands and allow us to continue on our way. And Lord, we pray that as we struggle to, to learn uh, what it means to be a Christian, Lord, that you would help us uh, to grow and to help us to mature and help us to live out that life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, uh, we began our look at the first couple of verses of Ephesians chapter uh, 4 a couple of weeks ago. And last week we talked about, uh, as we uh, began to look at uh, this uh, passage of Scripture a little bit more and a little bit more, we we also we learned last week that it's all about work, walking worthy of uh, His love, worthy of His grace. It, it says uh, in verse 1, He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. And we, we talked about uh, what it means to walk worthy and how we walk worthy in the, in the faith and how we walk worthy. Uh, in that we learn of course in the first three chapters of uh, again what it means to be a christian and how uh, we are a part of the family of god how it is that we fit into god's perfect plan of salvation for us and how we have gotten to this point at which god has predestined us from the beginning of time that he is uh, working in us to uh, to redeem us in the present and in the future we'll gain the inheritance of being in the family of God, of being in uh, His inheritance of, uh, of uh, that which in which Christ has. And so today we are trying and we're struggling to, to understand and know the second half of 
uh, the book of Ephesians. And the first half is all about learning what it means to be a Christian. And now uh, we're dealing with the entrance into learning how to take that, how to apply it, how to, to walk it, and how to live it out, how to to uh, apply that which God has teach, uh, taught us in the first three chapters. And so we're going to look primarily at verse number two. Uh, we're going to look a little bit at, at verse number three. It says, "With all, uh, We are to walk worthy of the vocation which we are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, and endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so uh, what we have is a passage of Scripture that is dealing with uh, this with all lowliness or humility. With all humility, we're to learn to walk in uh, worthy of, of His calling that He has called upon our life. And, and uh, humility is something that's difficult for our world today. It's all about me. It's all about my desire it's all about how and and in any more in this world uh, it's all about what i think about myself not what you think about me not what you think is right for me it's not what uh, the world thinks is right uh, the world now is on this whole kick of what i think is is uh, me and what i think is is mine what i think is right for me and what i think is good for me regardless of what uh, our own eyes tell us I mean, uh, uh, we have all this stuff that's going on about, uh, uh, and I, 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 I think humility is something that is lost in our world and it's, it's lost in our day-to-day lives. It's lost in uh, the Christian life. And, and humility is something that's difficult to, to aspire to. Uh, we can strive to be humble in our way, but as soon as we realize we're humble, we've lost it. Uh, we can strive to be humble, and if we ever think that we've made our mark, we've still got a long way to go. And so we, we, it's, humility is something that is, is elusive. It is something that we need to strive for. It is something that, that we uh, yearn to, to be a, a, a able to achieve in our life. Why? Because uh, Jesus was the model of humility. In Matthew chapter 11, if I can get over there real quick, uh, Matthew chapter 11 verse 29 it speaks of the humility of Jesus Christ. It says uh, uh, we are to uh, this calling of Jesus Christ to take His yoke upon. Uh, he says, "Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light." So Jesus Christ calls us to be meek and humble for he is humble he is he is uh is meek in first john chapter uh two verse six it speaks to that as well first uh, john chapter two verse six says uh he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked even as jesus christ walked we are to walk in humility. And, and so humility is something that, that uh, 
the world constantly is fighting against us to 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 attain, to have, to to uh, aspire to. In fact, uh, uh, you know, you turn on any of these. Uh, there's a certain season in uh, on television that that all of these award shows come out uh, from Hollywood, and, and you got the Emmys and the Grammys, and you got the the Oscars, and you got the all the uh, all these di- uh, Golden Globes, and and all it is is these people standing up and patting themselves on the back. It's not other people saying they're good. It's uh, it's them standing up and saying, "Look at me, what I did. I did all of this, and I I just uh, thank you that you like me so much." And and it, and and I always sit around and and wonder who in the world is it that decided that you got it because. Uh, looking at what you say is your example of of good uh, entertainment and good uh, uh, acting, I just don't see it. And uh, but they like to sit there and pat themselves on the back. They like to say, "Oh, I'm so good, and I did this, and I did that," and that just feeds into this mentality in our nation, in our world of of people uh, aspiring and and attaining all of this uh, good stuff. And then you've got Instead of uh, actual winners of things getting awards anymore, you got uh, little leagues and all these other uh, organizations that hand out trophies for just showing up, for just being there. And well, I mean, this past year, I think that that might uh, deserve a trophy uh, just for the fact that you were able to live through the pandemic and, and show up. Uh, when other people didn't show up, but uh, humility is something that is is uh, to be uh, 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 aspired to, and we're warned against pride in our life. We're warned against uh, showing pride and having pride in Proverbs chapter eleven. We're gonna camp out here. And, uh, Proverbs has a, a, of course, is is uh, Solomon's instructions to his children as he uh, uh, was coming towards the end of his life, and he wanted to share his great wisdom that God had bestowed upon him. And many of the proverbs are are uh, words of wisdom that Solomon had to share uh, to his children. He said, "When pride cometh." Then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. And so pride, and, uh, and which is the opposite of humility, uh, when we are prideful, we, uh, we bring shame upon ourselves. And Proverbs 16, verse 5, uh, is another warning. It says, went past it there. It says, Everyone that is proud in his heart is an abomination to the Lord. Uh, though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. And so, pride is is something that is is something that we ought to avoid. It, it brings punishment from God. Uh, Proverbs sixteen verse eighteen says, "Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall." Uh, you you kind of get the understanding and the inclination that pride is wrong and pride is wrong. Uh, uh, we shouldn't have pride in our lives. Uh, Proverbs twenty one verse four tells us another warning. It says, "A high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin." 
And so we understand and we, uh, we know that pride is wrong. In fact, uh, pride was the first sin of, uh, of all of creation that existed. If you go back to Isaiah chapter 14 or Ezekiel ver- uh, chapter uh, uh, 28, You'll read of, of the pride that was in the heart of the angel that was named Lucifer that was at the right hand of God and was, was pouring upon God all the praises of all of uh, creation. And he said, well, what about me? What, I, you know, I'm pretty good. I, I, I have, uh, uh, look how beautiful I am. I'll just, I deserve some of this uh, praise as well. And, and so uh, Lucifer was cast out of heaven. You can read the whole detail. And, and Isaiah and in Ezekiel of how uh, this pride caused uh, God to cast uh, Lucifer out of heaven and, and created this, uh, uh, this uh, uh, great evil within the world uh, that, that infected everyone. And of course, we uh, battle uh, against pride in our life and uh, and we battle against this uh, prideful nature in, in Isaiah chapter two, and and uh, and as uh, we see this this battle that is within us to overcome pride in our life, and 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 uh, this warning to to rid of ourselves of the pride, and and Isaiah of course was writing about uh, was writing about uh, Israel and about their. Uh, pride that they had as as being God's people and this danger that comes with with being prideful and and he warned them of great punishment and judgment that comes uh, later in Isaiah 3 and Isaiah 24 uh, this judgment uh, Isaiah 3 verse 16 and 17 and Isaiah 3 verse 24 of this judgment that comes at the hand of of having a prideful heart and so we're called uh, to humility. And all through the Old Testament, from Jeremiah all the way through Malachi, we see all uh, verse after verse after verse of, of this calling to be humble, uh, of calling to, to have humility in our life. Uh, in James chapter 4, verse 6, uh, we see this, this call... Uh, see Hebrews and then James uh, James is a real small book easy to, to zoom over James chapter 4 uh, verse uh, 6 I believe it's yeah James 4 6 tells us that we are to uh, but he giveth more grace wherefore he saith God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble and so we are to to strive to have humility within our hearts strive to have this humble spirit and we go back to Proverbs chapter 15 uh, and we see uh, also in verse 33 he says uh, he that refuses instruction despises his own soul but he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. The fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. And so with reproof, with instruction, with direction of God, we are led to, to have this uh, desire to, to, uh, 
to have humility within our hearts. We're called time and again to, to, uh, to be humble before God. Uh, and of course, uh, Jesus tells us and uh, this great uh, uh, teaching moment as he is uh, standing there with his disciples and he's teaching and uh, uh, he, he had all of these parents that were uh, treating him like a politician, uh, you know, handing him his ba- uh, their baby and saying, uh, 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 bless our baby, bless our child uh, and all these children that were coming up and, and, and these parents were swamping Jesus with their children to cut... Uh, having those children come up to Jesus and of course his natural love and his uh, natural uh, uh, personality drew these children to him and his disciples were like hey wait a minute let's let's clear out all these children so that uh, Jesus can teach us what he has to teach and and Jesus said listen you have to uh, have a heart like a, uh, like a child to uh, be able to come into heaven. And what he's talking about is that, that pure humility, that, that simplicity of faith and that uh, humbleness of heart. But more importantly, he shares a, a, a parable. And we find it over in uh, one instance of the parable is found over in Luke uh, chapter 18. And what Jesus tells about is uh, the attitude. Uh, he, he had all these Pharisees that were constantly coming to Jesus and constantly comparing themselves uh, and comparing Jesus to how he should act and how he should uh, comport himself. And he said uh, uh, there was a, a, told a parable about uh, this Pharisee and a tax collector that went into the temple to pray. And the tax collector is somebody that was seen as as uh, like a, uh, they were all constantly being uh, put in the same category as a uh, prostitute, a streetwalker, a, a lady of the night, a sinner. And Jesus said, "This Pharisee and a, and a tax collector." And the Pharisees are thinking, "Hmm, okay, I I know who this is uh, geared towards." And yes, you better believe Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said the Pharisee and the, and the tax collector go into the temple and they're both praying. And you have the Pharisee that's praying uh, and saying, uh, looking up into heaven and, and lifting his hands up into the hev- uh, above him and he's saying, God, I thank you. I'm not like that tax collector over there. I, you, I, I give of my tithes. I, I fast weekly. I do all this. I do this. I do that. I, I, I'm, I'm faithful to you. I don't sin. And I just thank you I'm not like that tax collector over there, like that sinner. And then Jesus says, and then you have the tax collector. He, he's not at the front of the church. He's not at the main focal point of the temple. He's kind of off to the side. He's almost embarrassed to be there. He's in, in all of this humility uh, standing there and he's praying to God and he's got his eyes downcast. He's beating his own breast and he's, he's saying, God, forgive me. Forgive me for the things that I've done. God, have mercy on me. He says that he didn't even have the, uh, the, the ability to lift his eyes toward heaven as he prayed because of how heavy his sin was weighed upon him. And the Pharisees are probably th- are th- all thinking, okay, uh, what, about the, what about the Pharisee in the story? What about him? He, he, isn't he a good example? Isn't he all that? And then Jesus says, 
I tell you, the, the tax collector is the one who left with the sins forgiven. And boom! <laughs> Jesus let him have it. Because he's a tax collector. He's the sinner. He's covered in sin. <laughs> and yet Jesus said he's the one who had his sins forgiven. Why? Because he understood his sinfulness. He understood that God in heaven was holy. He understood that he didn't deserve forgiveness and yet God was willing to give it to him. And that's really where humility is born. A lowliness of heart of understanding who God is and understanding how God has given us such a great gift. Paul says, with all lowliness, in verse 2, back to Ephesians 4, 2, he says, with all lowliness and meekness. And so often we think of somebody who's meek as, as uh, melbatose, it's not much of anything. Being weak and, and of being mousy. As I mentioned last week, meekness and lowliness isn't necessarily about weakness. It's about power under restraint. Jesus was lowly and meek, not because He had no power, not because He was... Uh, uh, un, uh, unable to do anything. He had great power, but he had it under control. He restrained himself. Here's Jesus Christ coming from the, uh, the halls of heaven. He came from the great palace of the throne of God in heaven. And he allowed himself to be placed in the form of a lowly man. That's humility. That's meekness. That's the meekness that we're to, to resemble. The whole humility. Jesus was humble in that He didn't count Himself equal with God that He should be allowed to come and bore upon Himself the sins of the world, the Bible tells us. Jesus who spoke into existence all of creation kept His mouth shut when he was mocked and he was said, hey, call down all the angels. Get them to take you down from the cross. Humility. When he said, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. Humility and meekness. And... The Holy Spirit tells us through His servant Paul that we are to, in order to truly be a Christian, that we are to apply in all lowliness and humility and meekness. And there's several characteristics here. Meekness, long-suffering, and forbearing, and love. With humility and meekness, comes long-suffering. Because when we are hum humble in our ways and when we don't find ourselves to be more important than those who are around us, when we don't think of ourselves as better than our neighbor, better than those who are around us, then guess what? When we are done wrong against, 
we have a willingness to be forgiving. That's what long-suffering is. You've heard of, of uh, somebody that has a short fuse. Oh, oh don't, don't get around him. He's got a short fuse. If you, if you really poke on him, if you pick on him too much, he's got a short fuse. He'll just go off on you. Right? You've heard of that? That means somebody that gets angry real quick. Well, the opposite of that is long-suffering. He's got Basically, it means like, think of it this way, he's got a long fuse. You mess with him and it takes a lot to prod him. It takes a lot to cause him to... Why? Is it because he can't take up for himself? Well, that's the mistake a lot of people think. But humility brings about long-suffering. Humility and meekness brings about... You have to have that in order to to be willing to forgive other people, of being willing to, to not allow... Uh, when somebody steps on your toes, not to worry about... It, it, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I understand. You understand the circumstances. You understand that other people are, are doing things and they don't mean what, a lot of times what they say. You're long-suffering. You have a long fuse. You, you are not quick to anger, but rather you... Uh, you and listen... This is very much an attribute of God. In the very beginning at at the garden, God was within every right to judge sin immediately. At that moment in which He confronted Adam and Eve, He could have judged sin and it would have been over with right then and there. But God is long-suffering. And you say, well, how long is that? That's been a long time since the garden. But it, why is He long-suffering? Well, it's so you can have salvation. So I can have salvation. So all the world can have salvation. God was willing to, to be forgiving and long-suffering so that He could bring about the plan of salvation. We're to be long-suffering and and forgiving when we're meek and when we're when we're humble we allow others a lot of latitude and forbearing we allow latitude we uh, we allow others to have a greater importance than ourselves and love forbearing and love we need in our life, if anything else, in the Christian life, we must demonstrate love. For without love, we are not in any way an image of Jesus Christ. God is the very essence of love towards us. And for us to, to seek to model a Christian life, for us to seek to have a, a Christian attitude about ourselves, for us to have uh, a, uh, the attributes of what it means to be a Christian, the very essence of love is what Jesus Christ is. We need to have that within us. 
How do we have love for others? How do we hold each other up in love? How, uh, which is what forbearance means. We need to hold up each other in love, and hold you in love, and hold uh, somebody we don't even know, a, a perfect stranger in love. How do we have love for other people that we don't even know? The same way that, uh, that we understand and know that God loves them. We need to have that same kind of love, to have uh, that humility within us, an understanding that God loves them. We need to love them too. And when we do, he says, then the church will have unity, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We, uh, you, you want to know and understand how to have a church that is growing in a church that is uh, uh, exuding the attributes of love and, and attributes of Christ, then we need to have humility within us. And you need to consider yourself not greater than the person sitting beside you uh, this morning. You need to understand that, that God loves them and you need to have a, a, a forgiving spirit. And you need to, uh, in doing so, you hold them in love. And, and by doing that, it brings about unity. And when unity is a part of us, we have peace. You can't have peace without unity. You can't have peace without coming together. We can't have peace within the church without unity. And we have unity by having love for one another, of having long, a long-suffering attitude, of, of not being quick to anger. And it all begins with humility and meekness. And so we need as, as a church body to understand this lowly walk, this walk of, of, uh, of humility, this walk in which we have been called uh, to walk worthy in the way of Christ begins with humility. And it, be, it continues with humility. And it ends with humility and love. Forgiveness, unity, and peace. Let's pray. Dear gracious Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the importance that you place upon humility and battling pride within us. Lord, we pray that you would help us to cast aside the, the pride that would seek us to, uh, to walk in, in uh, your judgment. Lord, instead, help us to be humble before you so that we might uh, walk in wisdom. And Lord, we pray that You would help us to, to live our life as You've called us to live with a humble heart, a heart that is forgiving and loving, a heart that brings unity and peace. Lord, we pray that You would bless and lead us in Your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.